Greetings! Welcome back to the Solo Podcast One Anime at a Time, where I take a pause for the series I'm watching among the hustle and bustle of the shiny new anime of today, also exploring the undervalued and unknown. I'm the host leader, and we are on episode three now. I know it's been, again, a little bit since the last episode. I think this is just going to be a recurring thing, but I actually have quite a short episode, I feel like this is going to be, for the chosen series for this episode. What I've worked out to do for this podcast is um, I think it would be fair... Um, to give old and new anime each a turn. So one episode I'll talk about a new anime and then another might be an old. Depends what I'm, you know, feeling and in the mood for. And this episode is talking about an old one I have seen quite a few times over the years. It's definitely one that I have mentioned for as long as I have loved anime and only got a small handful of actually known about this series and which is makes me excited you know because I get to tell you all in this episode. So we're going way back before the 2010 animes. This one came out in 2005. It is a fantasy adventure and it was originally published by Tokyo Pop, the manga. This is a manga adaptation and it is Elemental Gelade. Or if you look on any website about the series, it was Eramenta Gelade. But everyone says for the God's sake of English, Elemental Gelade. This series is about a young sky pirate named Ku. He's around 15, 16 years old. His crew of Sky Pirates, um, how the story starts, they've just landed themselves a massive hole on a, you know, snazzy, expensive boat where all the, the rich people and noble people are and they're ransacking, you know, their gold, their precious jewels. And, you know, this is kind of Ku's big break, you know, to become an official Sky Pirate. He is a young man who is full of such vigor high energy, high aspirations. And, you know, we think, you know, I can get in big time with the boss. And then he goes into a room where all this, you know, the big loot, he feels like he's found it. When I say he's found it, he finds this massive box, like a massive crate, looks like a coffin. And he thinks there's some kind of treasure jewels in there. And he opens it. And in fact, there is a girl lying there. She looks dead, but she's not really. She actually is a being that is not a human called um, an Elder Raid. Her real name is Reverie Netherlands. I nearly skipped out on saying her name. Uh, but in the series, Ku just ends up naming her uh, Ren. And actually, Ku's name, he actually spelled Kood. But in the English version, it's just Ku. He accidentally activates her by pressing her big like shiny green crystal that's on the top of a forehead on a headband and she awakens and she's not got much to say. Re- Ren really doesn't have that much to say during the series anyway. So he's kind of at a loss, you know, why is this girl in this coffin? And then the next minute there is uh, a big explosion and the Sky Pirates ship is infiltrated by these three um, individuals that are from the um, Eldor Raid Protection Agency. 
And that is when Ku and Ren and the big boss of the Sky Pirates meet uh, Siska, Rowan, and K- uh, Kue. Um, the main one you'll be focusing on is Siska. She is, you know, one of the top, like, agents. And she's come to take away Ren to this place, you know, known as the Elder Raid Protection Agency, where they take in, you know, Elder, Elder Raids for their own protection because in this world Eldor Age you know they're living weapons they you know they are used and abused by certain people you know evil individuals out there and Siska you know offers out her hand to Ren to you know take her to a better place and also the fact that she is one of the very first Eldor Age she's very special she's from the direct descendant of the motherly mother sorry bloodline so, you know, Ku's standing there like, I don't know what's going on here, but you're not taking her away. And so the Sky Pirate boss was exactly had the same mentality. So Ku, you know, decides, you know, I'm going to protect this girl. I'm, you're not having her. Siska attempts to try, you know, buy their way in by, you know, offering Ku a big fat check. And, oh, this is one of my favorite moments of the series, um you know, very passionate coup, you know, defending Rin, like, you know, you can't buy me off, you know, he's very much, I'm going to like protect this girl, right decided in the first episode. So in the end, he tries to escape, uh, you know, Cisco, Rowan and Kue, and I should mention Rowan and Kue are actually a duo where Kue is actually an Eldor Raid herself. Um, you know, Rowan has the ability, like anyone else who would have an Eldor Raid, to um, harness her power. So she specializes in, like, you know, flame attacks. Anyway, um, Ku and Ren disembark, escape, because Ku decides, this is my mission. I'm going to take Ren to the place that she wants to, because Ren ends up telling Ku that she desires to go to this place called Eldo Garden, where it, all Eldor Raids are free. They have free reign, and that's what he decides. And then somewhere along the way, he does end up befriending the people from the Eldorade Protection Agency, Cisco, Rowan, and Kue. And so this the whole entire series of 26 episodes, which I forgot to mention how many episodes this was. <laughs> I knew I slipped up somewhere. Um, the whole entire 26 episodes, their main mission is to take Ren to the Eldor Raid Garden. Now, it sounds so simple enough because this series could have been done in 13 episodes. But I like that it wasn't. I like that it was a bit drawn out, but some people might not, you know, feel that way. Particularly, this is, you know, fantasy adventure. And, you know, with that kind of genre, I like that, you know, it's drawn out a bit, the journey. And it certainly is because... um, Ren, Ku, and Siska and Rowan Kue, you know, they end up, you know, coming face to face in different scenarios, situations. One is, you know, Ren is kidnapped. And another uh, is, you know, along the way, they end up helping different people along their journey. So it's not, not just about them. It's also about the people that they, you know, come to encounter and you learn about how people are towards Eldor Raids and you learn that not everyone is bad, not everybody wants to use and abuse them. And, um, you know, quite a few of the characters go through, you know, big, you know, transformations, growth, especially Ku. You know, at the beginning he is a bit, you know, up himself, you know, just full of, 
high energy, um, immature, like an immature 15-year-old boy who by the end grows into quite the nice, decent young man. I remember when I first watched um, Elemental Gelade, I really did fall in love with it because it was one of my very first proper like fantasy adventure watches. I think my first one was uh, The Vision of Escaflone. Even though, you know, that's not really like it. Well, I put it as fantasy adventure, even though it is deemed isekai. You know, it cut, you know The Vision of Escaflone gave me a taste of, you know, that type of genres I'd been wanting to see together, you know, just, you know, kind of, you know, normal Western TV just couldn't give me that. And where, you know, when I discovered anime, it could give me that. It could give me stories like that. But Elemental Gelade is very different. It's very fun. It is very entertaining. It is the best kind of series to watch, you know, like on a lazy afternoon where you just need a distraction and Elemental Gelade can really deliver on that. And I really did fall in love with like the characters on my first watch. I mean, hence, I've probably rewatched this series about over 10 times over the last few years and know it too well off by heart now. Who is such a, just a, such a fun male protagonist, especially a young male fun protagonist. I just love how his character transforms by the end of the series and how he develops very intimate feelings for Ren. And if you couldn't guess, you know, this is fantasy adventure. I would feel like it's not complete without a bit of romance in there. And yes, Ren and Ku do get close together. And as the series go on, he becomes very much more protective of her. And there is a bit of conflict that comes between them in their relationship. More of on Ren's side, um, because at the start of the series, Ren is like a blank, emotionless doll. She really doesn't say much. And I think more than Ku, even though he goes through quite the character transformation, Ren really does liven up by the end. She does. Um, she just, you know, emotionless doll, never really experienced anything that life has to offer. And she just thinks that she'll be used and abused as she has before, because she is sought after by so many people, you know, who want the power of the first of the bloodline, Eldoraid. And it takes a bit for Ku to prove his worth to her and for her to really begin to open up. And when she does, it is just the cutest thing. And one of the best things they do that show off like their unison of their relationship is there is this incantation that they both chant together before Ren transforms into the weapon that she is, which is the weapon. She kind of looks like this gigantic, just really eye sword. That's kind of what it looks like. And this beautiful chant they do together, it just shows about how that, you know, they become one, they're close. And as the series goes on that chant you know you feel them every time they do it every time they fight together they're just getting closer and I love that I've I could never skip that part when they're doing the chant um I could never skip it it's just like the actually the opening theme I'll just mention here anyway talk uh, speaking of you know I can't skip things um the opening theme is such a bop it is like a very ex- early 
2000s, you know, trance retro vibe. It's called um, Forever by Savage Genius, which is a very unknown Japanese, like, you know, DJ band. Um, It is so cool. It just suits the theme of the show so perfectly. I, God, even now when I listen to it, it just really takes me back to when I first watched this series. Yes, so good. You have to add it to your gym playlist or just your anime playlist in general. But it is not on Spotify when I looked. So, you know, I've had my old copy of it on like on my iTunes forever. So that's, you know, you know, from way back when. But Ku and Ren are so good together. Uh, they were definitely one of my very first favorite like anime ships, you know, because uh, Elemental Gelade was among the first 20 anime I'd ever watched. It's like, <laughs> how could you remember the first 20 anime you've ever watched? Um, I do actually, and I really should go through a list like that, like write it up on my blog someday I should. But yes, yeah, so you know, Elemental Gelade has a very special place with me. And as for the other characters, you know, like Siska, Rowan, and Kue, uh, I love them just as equally. Um, definitely Siska and Ku huh, do clash a lot. They have a lot of banters. Uh, just f- aside from the main journey of, you know, getting Ren to this Eldor garden, um, that, you know, there's quite a bit of filler in there as well, going back to when I said, you know, it's not just about this one journey. Uh, the filler is very fun. Um, people might think it's, you know, a bit drawn out too much, you know, this series could have been done in a 13 episode series, but no, I think going 26 episodes was the right move. Otherwise, I feel like it would be a very short lived kind of entertaining thrill ride you would. And this series would be even more forgotten than it actually already is these days. Um, So that's why I'm sticking to my, you know, guns here and saying, you know, I'm glad it was, you know, made into 26 episodes. And, you know, there's a few twists and turns during the group's journey. Um, There's definitely some revelations for some characters that they come to realize, especially Siska. You know, she works for this society that protects old or raids, but there's something there that happens. No, of course, I'm not going to spoil it. Um... But the group, overall, they get, you know, really close together. I love the really funny moments, especially Ku and Siska having little rants, little mini fights. It's it's funny. It's charming. During their journey, the main enemies that they are running from is Chaos Choir, which is people who hunt Eldorades. And I'll tell you, there's some nasty ones that come along, which I wasn't expecting from a series that is, you know, PG-rated. Um, I'm questioning that still after all these years. But yeah, there's a lot that these guys, you know, deal with. And I love, I love the ending. I should say that. I should say about the ending. I'm just saying I love it right now. Hands down. They, um, I love how they brought everything together for the show. So good. So good. Now, I feel like with shows like Elemental Delayed, that, you know, people aren't going to watch it because, oh, the animation is so old. Well, it doesn't matter because the story really makes up for, you know, it is an entertaining, fun, like, fantasy adventure series. You know, it's hard to come by, you know, that kind of, you know, very early 2000 animation where it's very 
visually bright and colourful and definitely Elemental Jalade has that as one of few that I have watched over the years. So that is something, you know, I've come to really appreciate about these type of older series. I feel like Elemental Jalade would give people an idea of, you know, where some of the traits of, you know, these like, you know, shapeshifters of, you know, these beings being able to be, you know, turn into weapons and people can wield them. It definitely, I'll say, you know, it's definitely better than Guilty Crown, you know, where we've got that element of shapeshifting, hands down, Elemental Gelade is at least better than that. But, you know, if you enjoy that sort of thing, you know, like from series like Soul Eater and like Noragami, um, you know, it's interesting, you know, if, if you compared you know, the series like that together, you know, comparing Elemental Gelade to series like Soul Eater and Noragami. And, you know, just just seeing the, the difference and also of how long or how far that trait has come over the years. You know, this is what I love about, you know, watching older and newer series, you know, doing a comparison. So, you know, you can see where that kind of shape-shifting trait, you know, these beings turning into weapons comes from. And I think that is something people don't really think about these days. Obviously I do, because huh, obviously I have way too much time on my hands. <laughs> <laughs> so, Elemental Gelade, you can definitely expect an entertaining, really fun ride. Like I said, sit yourself down on a lazy afternoon if you just need something to take your mind off things. And it will cater for that. I And you will be obsessed, well, become obsessed with the opening theme like I did personally. It is a bop and... It's one of the things that's never made me actually forget about this series, the opening theme, apart from everything else. So if you would like to check out Elemental Gelade, you can actually stream it on Crunchyroll. Thank God you can actually stream an early 2000s series like this because there are some shows that aren't that lucky. And also, you can get it on home release. Before I get into that, um, an interesting fact I learned about Elemental Gelade, it was part of a big deal for Genion, you know, when Genion actually was around the old anime company. And, um, you know, they decided they weren't going to be a part of the US anime industry anymore. And then that's when good old, who I've mentioned before, I think in the first episode of this podcast of talking about Blue Seed, um, it was picked up by Discotech, you know, came out on Blu-ray. <laughs> so exciting love them guys so you can you can buy it on blu-ray i would love to get myself a new copy uh, i just own the old uh, dvd that i bought so many years ago um i don't think i could honestly get rid of it uh i i feel like there are some people like that you know they own the old dvd copy and then when a nice shiny blu-ray comes out it's like Oh, I really want that. And I'm just going to keep both. So I think that's what's going to happen within this case. Well, this podcast was a bit of a shorter one. Um, Don't worry, it's not always going to be like this. But like I said before, you know, I'm aiming for these podcasts to be like around, you know, the 20 minute, 30 minute mark. Depends what I have to say. I do hope you do give Elemental Gelade a shot. It is very near and dear to me, the series. And honestly, talking about it just makes me want to rewatch it because it has been, I think, about three years for me since I last watched it. If you would like to, you know, read up or hear about me talking about some old and new anime, you can follow me on my blog, which is at leaderkinaanimecorner.wordpress.com. And I'm always talking about anime on my personal Twitter, which is Kino Reviews with a capital K. And until next time, 
where we take a pause, or I take a pause, to appreciate whatever series I'm watching. I'll see you guys in the next episode. Bye for now. Have a good one.